This is The Bullpen on 1027 ESPN with Patrick Osborne and Brandon Elkins. Opinions are welcome at 512-834-1027. Hey, welcome to The Bullpen Monday edition. Hey, Monday, Monday. Let's where you, go. That is where you Woo. find yourself. For the, and that's where you will remain. If you for, know what's good for you. For an hour. At least for the next hour. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're not we're not here to threaten our listeners. No threatening. Friend. I'm just I'm just we're saying, here for it's not a enjoyment. threat. It's purely a matter of if you know what's good, you'll stick around. That's all oh, I'm saying. Okay. Mr. Bob Boss Bob Bob Mob Boss Mentality. Boss mentality. Mob boss. Oh mob boss. A little Tony Soprano. Yeah, take your hat off so I, you got the slicked back hair look, and then you you look real mobby. <laughs> there you go. Even the laugh, man. Damn, what is up? Well, I'm glad I could oblige. No, uh, but but seriously, we we uh, we are glad that you're here with us for the next hour here in yes. the bullpen. The number is five one two eight three four one zero two seven. I am Patrick Osborne. He and, is Brandon, Elkins. and I am excited to talk sports with y'all. As are as am I. We are just a couple of uh, lovable idiots who like to talk sports with you. And that is our name, Lovable Idiots. Certainly, we've got a lot, a lot of sport to get to coming off a big weekend of football. Uh, some news uh, beginning today, the more concussion news. More concussion news. Mm-hmm. At a time of you know supposedly unprecedented sensitivity to ensuring that players are taken care of and that their health and well-being is, is maintained, uh, I guess... Some coaches and play and staff still aren't getting the memo or or aren't caring as not, as much as they should. You know, as we know, we're coming off of this this horrible situation with Tua Tagovailoa. Sure. Well, late in the first half of uh, last night's game between the Chiefs and the Buccaneers, Tampa Bay tight end Cameron Brait caught a pass, slammed his head into uh, into receiver Chris Godwin. Uh, as NBC's Mike Tirico said during the broadcast, Brait was shaken up. Slow to get up. He ran off the field. He didn't make it to the sideline before the next snap. Mm. Um, but uh, he 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 did find you know he went over there uh, to the sideline. And a few plays later, he actually was back in the game. And after halftime, he was placed in the concussion concussion protocol and ruled out. Gotcha. So Hall of Fame coach Tony Dungy, who was on the sideline for last night's NBC's Football Night in America, he said it was quote obvious obvious to him that Braid had suffered a head injury. Mm-hmm. And he's questioning the failure of the spotter to alert the referee and the sideline uh, that Braid needed to be fully evaluated. He dubbed it a broken system. Sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah, he's not too far off. Uh, Pro Football Talk's Mike Florio asked the Buccaneers whether Braid was checked for a head injury during the handful of plays he missed. Team's PR staff only could say, we're looking into the matter. So no. So he, no. He was not. Right. Um. You know, it underscores the importance of having somebody intervene to ensure that, you know, a player's checked uh, to make sure they can get back into the game. I mean, just think of what would happen if he'd suffered a second head injury right after that in the same game. That could have been nasty. Worse. Disastrous. See another for the, the hand thing going on again. Right. And nobody wanted to see, nobody wants to see that again. No. Now, it's awful. News on that note, news out of Miami today is that Tua will be out this week. He's still in the concussion protocol. Uh, that, but that is the news uh, of officially today from the team. And they 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 found a scapegoat to fire. Yeah, the the consultant mm-hmm. you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the NFL Players Association fired the unaffiliated neurotrauma consultant who evaluated quarterback Tua Tagovailoa after he stumbled off the field against Buffalo last weekend. 
You ever see the movie, uh, uh, what's that football movie with Al Pacino? Any given Any Sunday. Given Sunday, yeah. Any given Sunday, you've seen that movie? Yeah. You know how uh, when the doctor was upset and didn't think he should go back in, but the head team doctors uh, said no, he has to go in and had the approval or the higher approval than the you know, the the smaller team doctor. Mm-hmm. How much you want to bet that's the same exact situation that happened? Oh, no doubt about it. Like, to the T, most likely. I have no doubt. The coach that- was probably there. Everyone was there saying, no, it, let him play. Can, can he talk? Can he look forward? Can he blink? Sure, let him play. Yeah. I have and no doubt he's that he's the that, scapegoat. A lot of that probably, that, that script was written probably from inside sources. Exactly. Those are probably real scenarios <laughs> yep. from the NFL in the oh, late yeah. 90s and, and early 2000s that you saw in that movie. Just that were just masked with fake team names and fake players. Yeah, look at the former players that were in that movie. Yeah. I don't even think they were former pl- former players at the time, but they were in that movie. Well, you see, LT. What LT was in it. Jim, uh, Jim Brown was in it. Mm-hmm. Um, who well, else was in it? So you got to expect that those were the consultants sure. to tell them how this how this is actually done in the locker room. Sure, sure. <laughs> Just it's unreal, man. It is. So the the Associated Press has been reporting this uh, the, the, this firing there with the the Miami Dolphins uh, neuro unaffiliated neurotrauma consultant. What a name! Uh, the uh, the person who confirmed the firing. Uh, spoke to the AP on a condition of anonymity because a joint review by the NFL and its union into uh, Tonga Vailoa's quick return into Sunday's game is ongoing. There are three unaffiliated neurotrauma consultants, or UNCs, at every game. They're jointly paid by the league and the union to work with team physicians to diagnose concussions. So the NFLPA is exercising its right to terminate the UNC directly involved in this decision at Clear Tua. Sure, of course. Um, Nobody else wants to be held accountable. No, and, and you know... <laughs> We were told after what we saw initially. Uh, no, we were lied to. In, in that game against Buffalo, mm-hmm. we were told that the wobbly legs that we saw were because of a back injury. No way. None of us who saw that believe that. Because you and I have extensive experience with back injuries and can tell you that if you have a back injury, you can't move. Yeah, I've also seen You're guys, not getting up. I've also seen guys get sports-related concussions. I've seen guys get... Knocked out in fights, like that's how he was walking, right? You don't like shake he your, was knocked out. Yeah, you don't shake your head. You don't shake the cobwebs uh-huh. out of your brain after you get hit in the back. Right, not gonna happen. Right. Sorry, not buying it. Uh, so, uh, you, you know, then, then after the hit Thursday, you know, we saw what happened when Bengals defensive tackle Josh to- Tofu slammed him back uh, onto the turf, and his hands froze up in that dis- disgusting Which, look. Quote unquote, didn't mean to body slam him. Right, give me a break. Um. Interestingly enough, on a side note, uh, officials of the NFL say they're given a million dollars in funding to investigate the effects of cannabinoids on pain management and its impact on concussions. Oh, welcome to the 21st century. Right, right. You're only 20 years late. <laughs> uh, but could have Dol- been done a long time ago. Dolphins coach Mike McDaniel uh, is still defending the handling of Tua's injury against the Bills. Uh, he reiterated Friday that Tua was cleared by several layers of medical professionals during the game, said that he didn't have a head injury. Still saying that. <laughs> Unbelievable. But, you know, let's just say it was a back injury. He was wobbly like that, like a baby giraffe. You know, why let him go back anyway? Your fingers don't make those, don't go in those positions if you get hit in the back. Yeah. It's all a neurological thing. Yeah. Give me a break. Yeah. Uh, the Bills fans apparently are coming together to donate to, to his charity. That's because Bills fans will always be the best. They're pretty solid. They are Buffalo, a solid fan base. They always have been. They always will be. More than 1,000 Bills fans have so far donated to uh, his Tua Foundation, mostly in small it. amounts. 
Uh, it it uh, dedicates to the it's dedicated to the support of youth initiatives, health and wellness, and other charitable causes. Uh, some fans have donated specific amounts, like twenty one dollars and nineteen cents, which was the score of the Bills Dolphins game. Uh, others have donated only slightly petty seventeen dollars <laughs> and one cent, which is the combination of Josh Allen's number and Tua's number. Okay, that's cool. Uh, but this isn't the first time, like you said. Yeah, you know, Bills have done this before. Uh, they did it last year, for example, when Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson got a concussion during the game versus the Bills. Buffalo fans donated about one hundred and fifty large to his, to his charity of choice. So beautiful. So. Where are Miami fans, huh? Where are the Ravens fans doing that? Yeah, come on. Yeah, I you know I, I had a buddy growing up. Named Aaron, and uh, his family is from the Buffalo area. To this Shout day, I think he lives up there in Buffalo now. Um, but was always this massive Buffalo fan, and I never understood it growing up down here. I, I was just thinking, well, you can't have the Buffalo Bills. And so I, there's a Bills bar on Sixth Street. Yeah, but but you know, over the years, I've watched the Bills fans do stuff like this, and I just I've become more and more of sort of a I don't know if a fan is how you describe me, but I certainly like I especially like this year's Buffalo Bills. Well, you can't hate them. That's that's no, the I don't. I you, never you, have hated them. No, and, and it's okay to hate fan bases. Like there are plenty out there that are uh, god awful, but you know you don't have to like the team for what the fan base does. Is all I'm saying. Like the the fan base is, uh, I mean, they're just good people. So it's easy to like them. It's it's hard to hate them. Well, you got to be you know if you're if you're raising one hundred and fifty thousand dollars you know for another team's quarterback because that's, he gets hurt in a game against so your guys. Cool. Yeah, yeah, that's rad. So I, I, it'll be interesting to see just how much gets uh, raised here for Tua's uh, Tua's charity as well. Uh, up to Arlington we go. Cooper Rush off to an historic start. How well, about da- that? Dallas, I should say. How Arlington, about but, uh, them Cowboys? Yeah, leading the Cowboys to a 25-10 win over the Washington Commanders yesterday afternoon, and he's now the first quarterback in franchise history to win his first four games. How about that? Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush. Your starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Your name is above <laughs> above all else when it comes to... Uh, the spot. He will have the number one spot. Of course, as we know, he stepped in for the injured Dak Prescott, who hurt his thumb during the season opener uh, against Tampa Bay. Uh, since then, the longtime backup QB has reeled off three straight. He looked solid again yesterday. Yes, he did. Did you get a chance to see that game? I uh, I watched a little bit of it. Yeah, uh, I watched a little bit of it. He he definitely he definitely looks confident. I mean, he can th- he's he's got the he's got an arm, man. I did not know how much of an arm he had. He is he can he can throw downfield. 15, and he is accurate. Yeah, he looked great. Fifteen and twenty-seven, two hundred and twenty-three yards, pair of TDs. Uh, his first touchdown was a nine-yard toss to Michael Gallup. Welcome back, Michael, by the way. Absolutely. Uh, this is right before halftime. His second came in the form of a 30-yard completion to C.D. Lamb in the fourth quarter. Uh, and then uh, Cooper Rush actually weighed in after the game on the return of Michael Gallup, which a lot of us have been waiting for. Yeah, it's exactly what you expected from him. I mean, he looked like Michael Gallup. Big-time play, run the back of the end zone there, getting open. Big-time third down, like I said. Through the holding call, which, you know, he beats the guy off the line right away. I mean, he's gone. Another P.I. So, big-time player. We're really happy for him. That was, I think, big for him, you know, just to go back out there and, you know, I'm still Michael Gallup. and uh, can go make plays, and it's really going to help us. And how Gallup felt. Felt great and got my feet wet. You know, it's just... It's a blessing. It's a blessing. Yeah, it's a blessing. I think the Cowboys Amen. fans, Cowboys fans, really feel the same way. Absolutely, a lot of people have been waiting for this guy See to come back. See that touchdown catch he made? Yeah, that big hug he gave to CD right after. Yeah, Man, he was he was excited. Whole, I think every Dallas Cowboy fan should be excited right now. They're looking good. Well, and Rush's fifty six point six percent completion percentage, actually the worst he's had so far as a se- uh, this season as a starter. That's okay though. Uh, offense matter. wasn't great at times. Yeah, Cowboys defense though. 
you know, uh, did fairly well, fairly, you know, looked all right, and Rush credited them as necessary. Uh, but yeah, 4-0 is, is, the, uh, is the number now for Cooper Rush as a starter for the Cowboys. Good for him. And he's pretty excited about it's it. It's been fun. Try and enjoy it. You know, the NFL doesn't let you enjoy it much. Uh, you got to go in week in, week out and play. But, uh, you know, the 4 is just, I mean, you guys saw it today, the defense and all the breaks we catch. And, you know, it's just kind of lucky. QB win stats are, they are what they are. It's a team game. And, you know, it's nice having those defense, the, the defense have our back like that and some special team plays and Brett's making kicks and. We're doing just enough on offense. Yeah, I mean, I Man, guess that's real excited. Pretty, yeah, I know. I, I, I oversold. Yeah, stats are whatever. I oversold that cuddly. <laughs> He's excited about it. Yeah, way to go. Um, but I'll tell you who is excited about it is is Jerry Jones. Yes, who's lauding Rush right now. Um, you know, Rush has left the Cowboys. No, no doubt about it. I, I don't think you could argue against this. Absolutely in a better spot than when he took over for Dak Prescott three weeks ago. Hell yeah. No doubt about it. Absolutely. Uh, Jerry Jones says I can't say enough about his play. Uh, what has possibly done for this team this season to give us a chance to sit here after all these three ball games, uh, maybe have their opportunity uh, we've got for the rest of the year. He says it's amazing. It's far more than what I would have expected. And after the win over Washington, uh, he said uh, I can't give uh, – Wait, wait, I can't give you anything there medically. Oh, about the status of Prescott, my bad. Uh, yeah, so Prescott is, of course, eyeing a return possibly this week or next week, week five, right? Yeah. So they're playing uh, uh, Rams next week, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a fair. At SoFi Stadium. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I, I don't but un- with- Unless Dak Prescott just 100% doesn't look ready, I think if he's – if he's good to go, you you send Dak. Yeah, I mean, yeah, for, but at the same time, with the rush on the streak that he's on, and you got the Eagles coming up the following week, and the way they're playing, only sure. undefeated team in football now. However, like you said, Cooper Rush looked just good enough, and he even said the offense was just good enough. Yeah, and that was against the Commanders. Yeah, now you're going up against the St. Louis Rams, and no offense to Coop, he's looked great. He's four zero. Yes. He's playing really well. Now you're now you're in the meat of your schedule here going up against the Rams. You want to be at full strength as much as you can be because Aaron Donald is going to be sitting there right across the other line looking right at you trying to scare the crap out of you. And you know what? It's going to work. So I think if Dak's ready, you, you bring Dak in for a game like this. Well, he has more experience against the Rams too. Yeah, sure. Good point there. And you're on the road. Again, if Dak can grip that ball, let it rip. Well, I think Prescott's going to return when he's ready, and until then, it looks like they're in good hands with Cooper Rush. Yeah, or fake, good, fake good quarterback hands. Fake quarterback controversy aside, they have been great with Cooper Rush. But man, for a game like this, and especially with the Eagles next week, you want to have all your guys in there. Yeah, yeah. So, that's just me, though. Still on the way. We got more football talk and some bad, bad football being played in the city of Houston. Womp 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 womp. Well, that and a hot mic on the field. The great AA Ron Rogers. We love it. We love talking about Aaron Rodgers. I just on this love station, it. The guys always. The guys we always sure got do. a good soundbite. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That he's entertaining. That we got Longhorn talk on the way, and uh, some great moments in the ballpark as we're heading toward October baseball. Oh yeah. Five one two eight three four one zero two seven is the number. This is the bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on one zero two seven ESPN. Well, I, you know, one time in, you say, hey, we're, we'll, we'll get it right. You know, after four games, um, we can't talk about being close anymore. But if you watch the game, we talked about a lot of opportunities. It seemed like we've done that each game. 
not there yet. You know, we're not a good football team yet. Good football teams find a way to win at the end, and we haven't been able to get over that hurdle. But looking at the positive, I mean, it was a terrible first half, and we got ourselves in position very late. Other games on how they've gone, you know, seemed like we had to hold on. We were in a different position. To come back there, we are able to see an awful lot, but uh, still things that we need to improve upon. There are no moral victories in football, and Texans head coach Levy Smith finding that out all too well over there in the Bayou City. The 0-3-1 Texans playing some of the most frustrating football that city has possibly ever seen. Especially because they have a tie. God, it's awful. Didn't they tie their first game of the year? 2020. Oh, my goodness. And they look pretty promising. Yeah. And then they went on to lose and lose again. And then lose again. Lose again. Uh, not scoring in the fourth quarter. Being outscored, I think, 30 to nothing in the fourth quarter until yesterday. Ouch. Uh, you know, the... I, I, <laughs> they're the only winless You're team. Speechless. Yeah. Yes, you can I, say I'm it. trying to yes, find that they're the speechless. only winless team in the NFL. They're <laughs> they are a bad team, and more often than not, a horrible team. The, the, the Chargers led twenty-one nothing yesterday, early in the second, and the Texans were being booed relentlessly by their own fans in a mostly empty NRG stadium. This is sad. This was a sea this of empty so sta- empty seats. Yeah. Uh, Look, I mean, look at their team, though. I mean, you. I don't know if Lovey Smith was was told that we're gonna, you know, start from the ground up after this season, but they're gonna have to pay a lot of money if they want to be relevant again because they clearly haven't drafted very well because none of these players that they have on their team are very good at all, mm-hmm. and now you have to somehow lure free agents into to playing for them. Look, it's easy to want to live in Houston. It's a cool place. I, I I feel like you could get anyone to want to, to move to Houston, but to play for that team is a whole different thing. Absolutely, the, the Houston Oilers—they are not. It's it's so devastating to have to compare the Texans to the once proud Oilers team mm-hmm. that was there and that fan base who wants to watch good football. Like you have people still paying to go to these games. There is a there is a. T- there is a want for this team to be good, but they are so like looking at them now. They are so far from ever being relevant. Mm-hmm. It's just so sad. They we, need a, you, you could potentially lose them before actually gain, throwing a good team out there anymore. They, they desperately need a starting quarterback because Davis Mills ain't cut. He's it. not going to cut it now. On the bright side, they could finish dead last, and then Bryce Young could come out of Alabama. No, he needs to go to Seattle. No, he doesn't. Clearly, that's not the case. <laughs> Look, if you're a Texans fan and you're and you're desperate for just a modicum of optimism, cling to Damian Pierce. Mm. He's a rookie running back. He burned a 75-yard touchdown that really electrified the Sleepy Stadium yesterday. 131 oh, rushing yards. Well, sleepy NRG Stadium. I love it. Empty <laughs> Sleepy <laughs> NRG Stadium. He reeled off, though, 131 rushing yards, six passes he caught. Um, he was the most dangerous uh, part of the Texans' offense by by far. Uh, and this offense has scored 17 second-half points. Here's Levy Smith again. Well, that, that's the reason why, you know, we're starting a rookie running back. Um, of course, he can run in between the tackles. He can make you miss in the open field, but that's the part of his game that we haven't seen. Uh, you know, my, not many running backs, uh, what it was, 75 yards or so, in NFL, that's hard to do. But he's just kind of showing you all of the things that he can do. I don't know exactly uh, how many carries he, he was able to get today, but he's a guy that we, we need to continue to feature. 
Every single one of these games, the Texans could have won. Every single one of them. Yep. But as it stands, well, they haven't won. They're over. They haven't won yet. So, you know, you know what's being worse than being winless? Winless with a tie? Being 0-3-1. and one. <laughs> in, in Fair all, enough. All of which were close games. Can I take a minute here? Excuse me. I need to take a minute here. Um, our resident fact checker in Florida has mentioned to me that I have twice now said the St. Louis Rams. It happens, and la- man. Not the Los Angeles Rams. Look, this is... I didn't think this was an old habit because it's been so long. But look, they die hard. Old habits die hard. And I apologize. That's okay, I'm man. I'm talking about the Los Angeles Rams, not the St. Louis Rams. I very like Although St. Louis does deserve a team again. Sure they do. That was a good fan base. <laughs> Except their Ram rules. Do yourself a favor and go to YouTube and search Ram rules and get ready to die laughing because it's the most condescending video I've ever seen in my entire life for an NFL. Condescending to whom? To every NFL fan who knows the basic rules of a game. And that's most NFL fans. Go ahead. Ram rules. Look it up. Good luck. You get you riled up over there. No, I'm good. No, I'm good. Riled up Rams. I'm good. Look, I mean, they're in the they're in the division and my Seahawks are actually looking okay, which is odd. So Hey, you know, I, I I didn't read too much about it. I, I honestly I didn't see the game, but her Geno Smith looked legit. Look, they scored forty eight points. Yeah, forty eight points. Geno Smith and the Seahawks scored forty eight points. He is in the top. He is in the top ten of almost every offensive category for a quarterback so far this season. He's thrown two interceptions and six touchdowns. He's well into the thousands in yards already. He's got a hundred and eight passer rating. And you know who doesn't? Number three, Russell Wilson. Uh, well, so but, not playing very well, my friend. I could swear to God, though, that earlier in the season you were not. You were like, ah, Geno Smith, whatever. Eh. Well, and, yeah, perception from previous seasons and, and now here he is. Past, ah, Geno's man. All of a sudden, would make you th- would make you think that way. Fair- but look, he is playing great. You can't deny that. Okay, and they're two and two, Mister Fairweather Geno fan. I am not. Stop it. I have been. <laughs> I have been all for him. For months now, since Russell Wilson was traded the day I had to speak about it on air. Fair enough. Well, one thing we do know about you, you've got a grudge against Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. I just, you know, he's he's taken some shots at, at our team, yeah, no, but we've also taken shots back, so... We're it's you know it's a battle right now, and and I'm on the the side of my favorite teams, and he is not on it, so sucks to be him. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers had a horrible first half mm. against the Patriots. That's a shame. Uh, they tra- Packers trailed 10-7 at halftime. Rodgers had the lowest passer rating, 11.2, of any half in any 11. of the, two, any of the 210 games he's ever started. That's stinky. He threw just the fourth pick six of his career when cornerback Jack Jones jumped. Uh, okay, uh, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah. How long has he been playing in this in this league, he's only got four pick sixes against him. Yeah, it's pretty good. Only four pick sixes. How about that? Uh, he was so off target on a short throw to Romeo Dobbs that uh, the uh, rookie wide receiver couldn't even secure it easily enough before he fumbled. <laughs> Rogers said, "Quote that was not a good throw. Nice <laughs> catch by him. Almost wish he dropped it. <laughs> good call. Uh, he got he got next to nothing down the field in the first half. He was one of five <laughs> with ten or more air yards in the first two quarters." You are really enjoying this, aren't you? I don't know why I like Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. It's just sometimes, man. You know, I like to see the great ones struggle. You, you know? like to see him humbled. Now, he's known 
uh, for uh, his direct manner of speak, so to so to speak. Sometimes his competitive fire. There's Are you no saying doubt he's, about that. He's an outspoken human. He's a plain spoken man. Interesting. To quote Herschel Green. Like uh, not exactly news that he's occasionally seen during the game, showing some frustration and animation. But it's not too often that the mics and the cameras always pick up such a clear exchange, like the one that took place on Sunday. It was early in the fourth quarter. Green Bay was trailing by a touchdown. Packers went up to the... My favorite here, and I'll set this up by saying my favorite is the reaction from the broadcast booth. Okay, so just yeah. stick with me here. Uh, <laughs> Packers went up to the ball. as New, uh, New England had 12 defenders on the field, so Rodgers was desperately trying to get center Josh Myers to snap the ball, quickly get a penalty flag thrown, uh, but wasn't able to do that before time was called. Uh, and then Rodgers let his displeasure be known. They're going to hurry up here. Patriots are not ready. Ooh, did you hear that? He said, you've got to snap the ball a little quicker, guys. So that's what I thought I heard. Yeah, but that's not what you heard, though. Tony like, Romo. Not anywhere close to what you heard, Tony. Listen to Tony Romo trying Ooh. to, like, censor what was what was actually heard. Get out of here. He's like, you know, we got to get off the field, guys. You got to snap the ball quicker. That's not what he said. That's not what he said. That's why you're in the broadcast booth, and he's still down there throwing uh, the pigskin. I love Tony. I love he's Tony, great. Too. Uh, but yeah, anyway, the, the, the Packers eventually, uh, you know, won the game. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was, it was an ugly showing. It was an overtime. Good win. for you, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, yeah. the Packers. Injury news, Broncos running back Javante Williams, torn ACL, LCL, uh, announced today by the team out for the season. Wow. That is awful. For only that early exit last night, uh, for or yesterday from the 32-23 loss to, uh, I was going to see, and I'll make you feel better. Ready? Uh, 32-23 loss to the Oakland Raiders. Oh, I'm sorry. Las Vegas. Excuse me? Yeah. Oh. Oakland. You, thank you. St. Louis. Wow. I was just trying to make you feel better. Screwing things thank, up. Thank you for that pity. I really appreciate it. Williams was carted off the field after <laughs> suffering a knee injury on the first play of the third quarter. Uh, he couldn't put weight on the knee before he headed back to the locker room. According to the NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, uh, the, the, uh, he had the MRI today. Torn ACL, LCL, as I mentioned, out for the season. That is brutal. That's going to be a wild. Costly blow to the Broncos. Uh, He entered the week uh, as a team's leading rusher, 176 yards, added another 28 on 10 carries prior to his exit. He's a pretty versatile standout, tallied 16 catches for 76 yards. Uh, So there you go. Going to be tougher, tougher them. Good luck, TK. Also uh, in the uh, injuries and injury news, Colts linebacker Shaquille Leonard's 2022 debut turned out to be very brief in, in uh, yesterday's loss to the Titans. Going to be at least six weeks before he's back in the lineup. Suffered a concussion in the second quarter of the 24-17 loss. Uh, team said today he will not be playing against the Broncos Thursday. He missed the first three games of the year, working his way back from back surgery in June. Uh, also uh, defensive lineman Taquan Lewis and the concussion protocol won't be playing this week. Uh, they ruled those players out. The Colts are going to have to make a call on running back Jonathan Taylor, who hurt his ankle on Sunday. Sounds like all 31 other teams should all do what the Colts just did with concussion protocols yeah. and not do uh, what uh, – oh, my God, why am I blanking on the team now? Wait, you're talking about with the Dolphins? Yes, thank you. Okay. There it is. <laughs> I was just getting confused where you're going. Okay, there yeah, it Dolphins. is. Yeah. All right. Well, you're right. The, the Dolphins have been handling this quite poorly. Yes. Quite poorly, indeed. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. Uh, so, as of right now, Eagles, the lone undefeated team remaining in the NFL, 4-0 with a rain-soaked victory over the Jags. They're looking good, They've too. One of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL, one of the most e- efficient uh, offenses in football, and really one of its best defenses. So, keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, do you have any big standouts from the uh, week week four performance? Uh, any Any guys that you really were impressed with more than others? 
Uh, I'd say Geno Smith. Yeah. Geno. <laughs> yes. Geno. 100%. Uh, I liked what I saw from Saquon Barkley. Yeah, he looked Entered week though. four, uh, second in the NFL in rushing. Overtook Nick Chubb with uh, yesterday's 31 carries for 146 yards. This dude did everything. He took snaps out of the Wildcat after injuries to Daniel Jones and Tyra Taylor. He opened up New York's second touchdown drive with a 29-yard carry, then caught a pass to convert a third and nine. And that was really all the, the scoring they needed against the Bears. They left the Giants now sitting improbably at 3-1. and one on Yeah, kind of surprising. Mm-hmm. Surprising Giants. I kind of hope it hangs. I hope they hang on. It'd be I, fun, uh, fun to have them be good. Yeah. Yes, yes it's indeed. It's completely random because everyone counted out Daniel Jones, but look, Saquon Barkley is being Saquon Barkley, and it's helping them win games. So who do you like tonight? Rams, 49ers. Well, you know, Monday night football. Let me tell you, I would I, I would say the Rams, but if the 49ers win, then that they would be tied with the Seahawks for first place. Mm-hmm. So you heard me right, Seahawks first place. If the if the Niners win, so I'm I'm rooting for the Niners. Yeah, this is a, this is a pairing that sort of supplanted the old Niners Seahawks victory in recent years as sort of the NFC West most foremost rivalry there, <laughs> something no. like that. Uh, However, I do think the Rams will probably win. I'm taking the Rams. I, I think in this Cooper one. Cup's going to have a big game as well. Yeah, that's a, he's, he's got a got a lot of good things going for him. Cooper Cup does. Uh, coming up, college football talk. New AP poll out. New uh, USA Today college uh, coaches poll mm. out. Uh, Texas possibly on the list. Maybe one of these polls. Maybe I don't know. Uh, we got that and more on the way. Five one two eight three four one zero two seven on the bullpen. That's a tease. This is the bullpen with Patrick and Brandon on 1027 ESPN. And welcome back to the Monday edition of the bullpen. He's Brandon Elkins and I'm Patrick Osborne. Hi. You're in the bullpen. Yes, you are. 1027 Good ESPN. 512-834-1027 is our number. You want to talk a little college football? Thank you for spending our, your afternoons with us. Yes, I would I like agree. to talk some college football. Give us a call if you'd like to talk a little college football. Alabama jumps Georgia, taking the number one spot in the AP Top 25 poll. Uh, reclaiming the number one spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, one of the closest votes in recent years. Six teams, including Kansas, have made their debuts. Oh, yeah. Right on. Crimson Tide got 25 first place votes and uh, 1,523 points in the AT Top 25. Two points more than the Bulldogs. I've never figured out how the point system works. I've I don't never really, even cared, honestly. I don't really get it. I mean, I, it's, yeah, it's odd. It's weird. Uh, Georgia got 28 first place votes. They're the first team since uh, Alabama in November of 2019 to have the most first place votes, but not be number, tw- not number one. Alabama. Tied were number two behind LSU that year with 21 first place votes to the Tigers' 17. So. Uh, and the last time there was a two-point margin between numbers one and two was November of 2020 when Clemson was ahead of Alabama. It's always it's always the SEC. Mm-hmm. Always. Always. Uh, been three other polls with a two-point margin at the top since 2007. You've got Ohio State still at third. Buckeyes also gained a little bit of ground on the top two, though. Uh, they've got, they got themselves ten first-place votes. Uh, so as you heard there, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, rounding out the top five, Michigan and Clemson, USC, Oklahoma State, Tennessee, Ole Miss, and Penn State rounding out the top ten. Mm-hmm. Um, there are there, there's one name on here that is glaringly missing. That was there last week and the week before that and the week Uh-oh. before that. Uh oh, who are we talking? It's Monday and OU's not in the top. 25. Oh no, yeah. OU's out. Yeah, what a shocker that is. In fact, there were seven teams to <laughs> drop out of the AP top twenty-five. Five of them will be unranked for the first time this season. That includes Oklahoma, Baylor, Arkansas, Texas A&M, and Pitt. <laughs> they're, all, uh, they're all from our neck of the woods except uh-huh. for Pittsburgh. 
Uh, Florida, Minnesota, they had a brief stays in the top 25. Uh, Seminoles and Gophers were the teams on the rise for a week, both lost at home. Uh, but, yeah, so there you go. Uh, also, the uh, Texas Longhorns are not on this list. I'm just telling you, after uh, after this next week, you're going to have six Pac-12 teams in the in the top 25. Just pretty confident you know. over yep. there. Yep. Feeling pretty confident. I am because uh, all those teams play beatable teams. The only one who's on the outside looking in right now is Washington State. And if they win next weekend, they will be in there as well. And yeah. there's already five. Yeah. None of them are on the cusp of getting taken out. So... Be ready. Yeah. Be ready for six Pac-12 teams, baby. Well, certainly wouldn't hurt your feelings, would it? No, it would not. Yeah. I would certainly enjoy that, actually. It would be quite nice. Now, Texas had a pretty impressive bounce-back uh, performance in Week 5, suffering that heart uh, that heartbreaking loss in overtime to uh, Tech in Week 4. They played a complete game. They could have easily bowed out of this game and not even uh, given a crap after what happened last week. Yeah. And they didn't. They showed a lot of heart. And it appears to be Hudson enough. card looked great. He did. And their performance appears to be enough to have got, garnered them at least 22 votes for the uh, USA Today's coaches poll. So they're they're close. Yeah. In fact, the Big 12 pretty well represented in this coaches poll. Five programs in the top 25 there. Uh, but looks pretty similar to the AP poll. Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, top five. Mm. Uh, but yet again, I'm looking here. Schools to drop out. Oklahoma. That's a shame. A&M not also dropped out. Uh, and uh, Pitt's on that list as well. What time is it? It is one forty-two. Oh, Oklahoma still sucks. That is right. So Texas built that pretty huge lead early, and they coasted past West Virginia 38-20 on Saturday. There were a lot of people nervous that this was going to be another trap game, and and if Texas didn't look good or didn't win, that Coach Sark could potentially be on the hot seat. Oh, I believe that would have happened. Yeah. Absolutely, no doubt about it. But now we're like, oh, it's all rainbows and roses. Well, I don't know about that. Uh, Sark is certainly not on the hot seat. But I will tell you that uh, that after Saturday's victory and uh, then the the absolute drumming that TCU laid on OU, mm-hmm. there's a lot of eyes now looking at Texas going, yeah, I think you guys probably get a pretty good shot this weekend. Yeah, Oklahoma's not the big bad boogeyman that they once were, at least not right now. Nope. Uh, but we'll get to that. Uh, but uh, any momentum that the Mountaineers were able to store up from back-to-back wins dissipated real quickly here in Austin on Saturday. Texas scored touchdowns, four consecutive possessions in the first half. Not even threaten the rest of the way. They in fact, scored in every quarter. Yeah, in fact, that thirty-eight twenty, it, it to me it, it sounds even closer than it really was. Yeah. this game. Yeah, uh, it wasn't as close as it sounds. West Virginia. West Virginia has now not won uh, three consecutive games since their twenty eighteen season. Oh, that's a shame. They, I'm sorry to hear that. They did have a, a pretty rough injury. Uh, their their phenom running back C.J. Donaldson uh, got hurt on a rushing attempt in the third quarter, and trainers from both teams were over there stabilizing him. He was taken off the field in a stretcher. He gave the thumbs up. Uh, traveled back uh, with his team. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, Texas looked great. Uh, you know who else looked great? Xavier Worthy. Xavier Worthy looked phenomenal. He's already, I mean, he had a His pretty... 100% completion percentage was also really great for th- 33 yards. Like, a busy on the, game. That was a dime. Busy that was game. beautiful. Uh, yeah, he got the he got the scoring started. 15-yard touchdown in the first quarter, then completed his first career pass attempt on that trick play. <laughs> it was great. 30 yards, man, found, for, uh, for a wide receiver to dime one like that. That's money. Jatavion Sanders caught him in stride on that 33-yard score. Um, but his best, one of his best highlights really came in the third. Uh, Hudson Card rolled, off, uh, rolled left from the 44-yard line, West Virginia 44. He threw a pretty long pass to Worthy, who was in the end zone. He was surrounded by two defenders. Mm-hmm. And the pass was underthrown. It was tipped into the air. Worthy didn't quit on it, hauled it in. 
third touchdown of the game. Texas up 35-7 at yeah, that point. Yeah, that 100% should have been an interception, but dude must have looked away last second or something. I'm not sure because it, it just ricocheted right off his fingertips yeah. and right into Worthy's hands. Yeah. It was perfect. Uh, and then Hudson Card, he looked good too. 21 of 27 passing attempts for 303 yards, three touchdowns. Best uh, part is he didn't have to run. Yeah. But get this. Texas outgained West Virginia 446 to 314. Mountaineers rushed the ball 31 times for just 60 yards. So Texas now that is, is going to make some uh, people very unhappy who want to see Pete Kwiatkowski go. Yeah. Because they looked good. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, everybody seemed to be uh, pretty pretty happy about the, about the way this all worked out. Uh, Coach uh, Steve Sarkeesian was uh, asked, you know, kind of his thoughts on this uh, following the game. Obviously really impressed with the first half of play. You know, just what we did in all three phases. I mean, you look at defensively, I think their first seven drives, six of the first seven resulted in, you know, four punts, two turnover on downs. I guess a really prolific offense. You know, I, sometimes I, I forget what teams are averaging coming in, and they were averaging over 200 yards rushing a game, over 200 yards passing, and, and over 40 points a game. So to hold that group to 60 yards rushing and really – you know, a couple couple late touchdowns there. I thought our defense played played really good. Did a good job getting off the field on third down. Offensively, I just loved the execution of it all. You know, five of the first six drives, the way we operated. I know there was that drive at the end of the first half, but the execution tells me because we only had five third downs in there, so we were playing really good football on first and second down, and then converting three of the five on third down was really effective. The offense continues to take care of the ball, which I'm extremely proud of. I think we've only had three turnovers on the year. Last, you know, Saturday night didn't have any again. Defensively, we're, we're so close. You know, I love the effort by the guys. And I think we had two interceptions go off our fingertips. I mean, we're punching, we're ripping at the ball. So it's not about it's not about effort and want to. Sooner or later, that that dam will break. We got to continue to play with that effort and tenacity. And I thought, you know, on special teams, that was really sound game for us. You know, there weren't as many highlight plays, but we played really sound. They brought three kickoffs back. We tackled all three of them inside the 20, I think, right around the 17-yard line or so. So all of that was really good. I think Bijan continues to do what he does. I know sometimes we talk about so many of the other guys, but third straight game over 100 yards. I think he's got nine touchdowns on the year. He's, he's such a factor. Sometimes it always doesn't show up in the stat sheet, but it shows up for the other guys because of the attention he deserves. So with all that being said, we got plenty to work on. We got back to it today, which, which was important for us. We've obviously got a quality opponent in a, in a great environment, in a great game, and it's going to take uh, maximum mental intensity and focus and execution to come out on top. So that's what we're striving to do. So there you go, Sark there on recapping. Now, that was today, actually. I was mistaken. That was an after game. That was a Sark speaking today, recapping Saturday's win against West Virginia. This is still after the game, so yeah, it still counts. Right. Yeah. Um, so Hudson Card looked great. Still a lot of question, though, about Quinn Ewers and, and uh, his health and when he may be returning and, uh, you know, the health of, of the quarterbacks in general. Yeah, we're, we're healthier than we've ever been since the start of the season, and that's, that's a positive. So we'll see how the week goes. Now, have you heard any, anything about Ewers yet? Because I, I, uh, I've heard that there is no news. Yeah, that's the only that's 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 all I've heard. That's yeah. what I've heard he is, too. He is once again non-committal, committal, Com- committal. Yeah, committal, non-committal about it. So uh, coming up on Saturday, the famed Red River Shootout rivalry, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this will uh, Texas uh, leads the all-time series sixty-two fifty and five. This is the hundred eighteenth meeting between the two programs. 
95th game at a neutral site in Dallas. State Fair hosting the matchup uh, since 1929. Dallas hosting it since 1912. Wow. A little more than a, a decade wow. after that rivalry Jeez. began. <laughs> uh, Texas 3-2 and two this season following their bounce-back win over West Virginia. Oklahoma dropped out of the polls after their second straight loss. 55-24 absolute demolition mm. by TCU, which lo- looks like a very legitimate Big 12 contender all of a sudden. Yes, it does. Uh, and so neither team's in the top 25. The Saturday's game's going to mark the first time in the 21st century that neither team's going to play as a ranked team. 1998 was the last team Texas and OU met uh, when neither was ranked. Wow. 1998? 1998. Why yeah. does that? Why do they make that sound like it was so long ago? Well, cause it, it shouldn't have been. It was. Look, I'm still the guy that feels like 1999 was... 10 years ago. Same. You know. That's what I'm saying. Now like, they're saying yeah. 1998 was not this century. I remember what? Y2K, man. It was just 10 years ago. Man, they told what. us to turn off all our computers at before midnight. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember. What a time that and was. In case you forgot, the world didn't end. No. Uh, much to the chagrin of, of the, dooms, the doomsday <laughs> preppers. Um, but uh, so, yeah, uh, Texas, is, Texas is, is, a, is favored to win here. Yes. I think they will as well. Uh, they are not. I mean, they shouldn't come into this overconfident mm-hmm. though, just because of that nasty, nasty showing by Oklahoma against TCU on Saturday. They should not come in here overconfident. And uh, Sark was asked if his team is uh, mentally prepared for this game. Yeah, I, I would think so. You know, we we've worked a lot at this, Roger. You know, the the mental side of the game. I think that's why you know. You never know what direction a game is going to go in. You know, we talk about it all the time about, you know, every game takes on a personality of its own. Uh, I think one thing, you know, we should all know, and whether it was before me or even last year, this game can go in a lot of directions early and then can have a tendency to, to swing its way back in another direction. So I just don't think you can worry about what has happened. It's about what are you going to do on the next play. And I think the next play mentality is going to be really big Saturday. And so uh, Oklahoma coming into this game uh, after their quarterback, Dylan Gabriel, put on concussion protocol on Saturday. Oh, boy. Uh, he uh, took a blow to the head in a, in a, a targeting mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty scary situation there. So um, there's a good chance he might not play next yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Uh, TCU linebacker Jamoy Hodge flagged for targeting and ejected. Sooners also suffered another injury in the fourth when defensive back uh, Damon Harmon laid on the turf. He was knocked back making a tackle there. Uh, so yeah, we'll have to see kind of, uh, what happened here. Um, not a lot of, uh, good news coming out of Stillwater, eh? Not a ton, not Yikes. a ton. Uh, and some real quick news out of the SEC, Alabama quarterback Bryce Young, he left the game with a shoulder injury. Norman? Not, is it Norman, Oklahoma? Yeah, it's Norman. Yeah, not Stillwater. That's Oklahoma Oh, you State. said Stillwater? I am sorry. I am just off today. My That's goodness. Okay. I'd, I'd already moved on to the next story, obviously. <laughs> I want to get it I right, though. That. I don't want to, I don't want to be wrong. Ow. I don't want to be wrong. Yeah. I, I don't blame you. Careful, uh, Alabama quarterback Bryce Young, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, injured uh, the AC joint in his shoulder in the first half of Saturday's 49-26 win in Arkansas, which, by the way, was not nearly as close as I wanted it to be. I really wanted Fair. Arkansas to give him hell. Sure. At yeah. times they did, but... Uh, it was close from the first 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, but Young uh, was pretty frustrated when he hurt, hurt his shoulder. He entered the medical tent, went to the locker room, uh, was able to return to the sideline, but did not return to play for the game. Uh, he is a possible first-round pick in next year's NFL draft. Here's hoping he goes to the Texans. Nah. Uh, it, you know, at this rate, there, it, it's it's pretty obvious, if, especially if they don't win a game this year. That's right. Like, There's no way no one's going to get take their number one spot. Give the Detroit Lions a run Why would the money. Houston Texans trade out of the number one spot? Anyway? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So Alabama hosts A&M this Saturday in Tuscaloosa. 
And by the way, the Aggies upset the Crimson Tide in College Station last yeah, season. Yeah, sure did. So. I'm excited. Yeah. I'll be watching that one for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think so. Exciting moments last night in St. Louis. Exciting, bittersweet. Well, not last night, yesterday afternoon. Uh, it was... It was um, Switching things to baseball. We are switching to baseball. We are switching now. to baseball yeah, now. Yes. Sorry. Shifting gears now to the ballpark. <laughs> uh, during his retirement ceremony, prior to his final regular season game at Bush Stadium Sunday, Cardinals superstar slugger Albert Pujols told the sellout crowd, kind of wondered how he was doing, returning for his final season when he struggled throughout April, May, and June. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he said he was hit with the realization. He says, I knew there was no way the good Lord brought me back to St. Louis to embarrass myself. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, what, a nice, what a nice thing to say. And he's continued his his torrid second half tear, uh, and he came through in his in his final regular season game probably ever at Bush Stadium. Now with two thousand two hundred and thirteen runs batted in, one back of Babe Ruth. The one, Albert lifts it in the air out to center, going back Reynolds at the wall. He's done it. He's done it. His final regular season home game, number 702. He's tied the game. He's tied Babe Ruth all time and runs batted in. That's a big deal. I love it. That is a big, That's big great. deal. That was a 93 mile an hour fastball that StatCast projects about 409 feet into the batter's eye, right dead center field. And what I found really, really beautiful about this particular home run is. He he did it on what was likely his last at bat at Bush Stadium mm-hmm. as a Cardinal. Yep, his final at bat at Bush Stadium. Uh, I'm gonna take you back to April 9th of 2001 when that's a long time ago. Yes, it was. That's a long time ago when Albert Pujols did this. He's still maturing. He's only 21 years old. A one-two, well hit into left field. Did he get enough at the wall? Welcome to St. Louis, Albert Pujols. Cardinals. Joe, you asked me how he's going to start his his career in St. Louis. You'd say, well, if it's a storybook, you get a home run, but you don't want to put that much pressure on him. I guess he didn't mind it. No, he certainly did not mind it. How 702 home runs and tying Babe Ruth for RBI's all-time storybook? Actually, it would be 701 since he hit a home run. That would be his first, so he needed. He's got 701 more. No, I'm talking about all for career. I know 702 career. He did hit. I'd say that's quite a storybook. Yes, sir. This guy did some major, major uh, great stuff in his career. Um, he uh, he had just two homers in April and, and two in May. Then he went homerless in June, and then he's hit 19 since then, with 17 wow. coming uh, coming after the the All Star game. He's been showered by praise, you know, with, with players and fans and yeah. Coaches. He got to he got to walk off with Yadi and uh, Wainwright yesterday, right, right? In his final final. Time at Bush Stadium. Pujols, Molina, and Adam Wainwright all removed from the game together with two outs in the fifth inning. Uh, Wainwright, who has struggled a bit mm-hmm. in the past month, he had another rocky outing. He surrendered six on six hits, two walks, four and two-thirds innings. But Wainwright and Molina made their major league record 328th and final start together in a regular season game, and we've talked about that. That's a special record that won't get enough credit and probably will never be broken. Absolutely. Um, Pujols hit 701 Friday night at Bush to tie the game after the Cardinals fell into a 1-0 hole. And he hit 702, 702 yesterday. You know what that kind of reminds me of? I hate to bring my own fandom into this, but that was like when Ken Griffey Jr., he hit his first home run in his first at-bat at the Kingdome, mm. 
And then uh, right before they switched over to Safeco Field, now T-Mobile Park, he hit one final home run in his last at-bat at the Kingdom. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. Yeah. Speaking of the Kingdom, speaking of October, uh, there have been some special things happening for your guys in Seattle. What a lot of anxious folks out here at the ballpark. 3-2 to count. The pitch from Acevedo. to the Mariners. A long season gets paid off with a trip to the postseason. That is beautiful! Like absolute pandemonium there. That was 21 years of pent-up frustration being let out on a walk-off, pinch hit, 3-2 count. Your rookie catcher who who tied the... uh, Tied the franchise record for most home runs in a catcher. He has the most home runs for any catcher in baseball this year. And then he hits that, and we're going to the playoffs, baby. Uh, they we couldn't are even, going they, to the playoffs. They couldn't even find the words. The drought broadcast is booth. over. That was Dave Sims, and that was Mike Blowers. Those guys are great. That was a great call. It was a great I, call. I hate that it was buffering through that and ruined it. That's nah, okay. It was a great call, nevertheless. Let me tell you, man. Congratulations to the Mariners. I was 15 years old when the Mariners last made the playoffs. 15 years old. And 21 years later, we're finally doing it. And this team, look, I don't care if they have to go play the Guardians. I don't have to. I don't care if they have to go to Canada. I'm just, I'm honestly, I'm just thankful to be there. Yeah. It's been too long, man. Yeah. And this is a good team. We'll see what happens. We will see what happens, indeed. I'm excited. Uh, watch the uh, the Phillies and the Astros uh, this week. Uh, the uh, the Phillies magic number now down to one. They can clinch their first postseason berth since 2011 with a victory tonight against the Astros. They uh, are limping their way to that too. My goodness. Astros, by the way, one. Uh, they've reached the 104 win mark. Second highest mark in franchise history, only below the 107 mark they achieved back in 2019. Without Carlos Correa. Yeah. Good job, you guys. Uh, and then also Atlanta Braves, they swept the New York Mets. They've closed in on the NL, on the NL East title. Uh, and they, yeah. I mean, they, it, it looks like. it looks like they're the guys. I had some sad friends yesterday at the softball game when... Uh, because they're big New York Mets fans. Well, listen, to and they were riding high. They were feeling good. It was all over, according to them. As <laughs> as the Mets were entering uh, the uh, the series over, over the weekend, they had a seventy nine chance, seventy nine percent chance to win the National League East, entering the series against the Braves. Now that uh, they've been swept, the Braves have a ninety eight percent shot. So Ouch. there you go. Ouch. You Look, go. they'll be fine. Mets will be fine. Mets now may have an easier road to the to the postseason through the postseason. So we'll see. We will see what happens. That's going to do it for us today here on the bullpen. We appreciate you joining us. To ground Paul and Bomb coming up next. Sports talk with Ed and Beto coming up at four. And uh, yeah, we'll see you tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a good one. See ya.